Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We know your life will be changed for the better by listening to God's word. If you'd like to know more about Trinity Beaumont or contribute to our ministry, please visit www.trinitybeaumont.com. How are you guys this morning? Good. Oh, thank you. Bless your life. Yes, because I'm going to probably sit more than I stand. Awesome. Me too. And I just, I just want to acknowledge the healer is in the room this morning. I'm just sensing it. His presence is strong. And he is in the business of, of making us well. Amen. Whether that be in our minds or in our bodies. Um, before we get started, even last night we were here, uh, Freedom Crusades had a service and, um, I had been really dealing with some back pain because as you can tell, this is not a basketball, it's a baby. And so (laughs) I know shocking, but I'd been dealing with some pain and, um, just like, I just came before the Lord and I was like, Lord, I would just really, I would just need like a supernatural adjustment. Would you just do that for me? And uh, before you knew it, like, William, one of the leaders of Freedom Crusades, was like, does anybody have pain in their body right now? And I was like, raising my hand, you know. And he prayed for me, not him, a woman who I'd never seen before. I've literally never seen her before, but she was incredible. And she put her hands on me. And I mean, I'm not normally a feeler, but I felt the fire of God. And I was like, oh, this is, you were doing this, Lord. (laughs) So he healed me. And then I went and was able to pray for someone else. Colin, there's like... This is like peaking almost. Can you turn me down some? Oh, thank you. You're so great. Of course you are. Anyway, so he, she prayed for me, and then I was able to pray for someone else and see them receive healing. And so, and even this morning, we're able to pray for someone else and watch them receive healing. And so the healer is in the room. And although we're talking about a specific subject, um, loving well, I do believe also means loving people well and operating in that gift. Amen. Awesome. So if you were not here the past two weeks, welcome. Even if you're watching online or maybe you're listening to this at a later date via podcast, I just welcome you. Uh, I'm going to review a little bit of what we talked about last week, which was we talked a little bit more about boundaries and about like toxic relationships. But I just want to kind of lay out like a disclaimer um, so that you don't hear what I'm not saying, right? Um, Sometimes we are in, in the midst of seasons where we're overcoming toxicity right? Like maybe you're in a stage of like a marriage or a relationship. You're going through things right now with your kids. Uh, Maybe they have faced some trauma or just some things that are just difficult. Um, I want you to know that before you can really address loving well and these keys to loving well, healing must be obtained first. Can we all agree with that? Because I think sometimes what happens is that we try to We try to implement these new things that we learn, but we still have some old stuff we need to get rid of. So I want you to to feel, you know, there's God's grace and his mercy on this message for us to love well, but we also need to take care of ourselves first, right? And we talked about that, tending to your own garden, ensuring that there's fruitfulness in your own garden before we can move on to these other things. 
And I want to review, so I don't, for, you, for those of you who were here last week, I did my slides wrong for our keys, but I got it right this week, bless the Lord. So let's, so key number one to uh, keeping your love on is control no one but you, right? So in, in keeping our love on, we're, God himself does not control you. Can we just say that? The, the lover of your soul, your creator, He don't control you. He gave you a free will. He desires that you would follow him. In fact, he loves us so much. His love beckons us to him. And yet he still does not control you. So that means that you control no one but yourself. Amen. So key number two, we want to build and protect relational connections. Right? So the relationships that you have, we talked about this. Our number one connection is connection to who? To God, that's correct. This is the most important relationship that we have. And we do everything, everything flows from that relationship. So if there are things that are maybe off kilter in your relationship with your, like with loved ones, with family, maybe your spouse, then you need to go back to that one connection because he sets all things right, amen? Uh, Key number three is to seek out feedback and have the hard talks. Feedback is hard sometimes, right? Especially for those of you who raised your hand and were like, I do not like confrontation. I don't like conflict. I just want everybody to be okay. But this is super important if we're gonna keep our love on towards one another. If we're going to grow in relationships, we need to seek out feedback and have hard conversations with people. And then key number four is to stay soft. And that's about what? Your heart. Yes, stay soft in your heart. If you can keep your heart soft, your heart's always soft towards the Lord, then you can stay soft towards other people, right? And that, what does that also mean? It means that maybe we're not always right in our, in our approach to people. <laughs> Shocking, I know, but we might get it wrong. And so we have to always constantly check the soil of our heart, Right, that's in uh, Mark, but also it's a, it's all over the Gospels. But I know for sure in Mark it talks about the different soils of the heart. You want your heart to be soft and pliable and healthy. So again, but that always goes back to keeping it right with that most important relationship, so everything can flow from it. Amen. And then number five is I am a powerful person, and I empower others. Super duper important. Whenever we're going throughout this, as we're talking more about like, you know, keeping your love on, after this series is over, after March is over, and we're done talking about loving well, you have to remember that I'm a powerful person and I empower other people. Amen? And then our last key is God's grace empowers me. So when we were talking about being healthy and uh, obtaining that health, right? Because maybe you're in a season that is, there's some toxicity happening. How do you change your, your verbiage from being powerless to powerful? We, we have to go to God. His grace is the empowerment to not only live holy, but to do things that are right in his sight. Amen? So... That is the end of my review. And then I have a, I've talked about this last week for like resources and uh, they'll throw the slide up there, but I just want to encourage you if you missed, like this is your first time hearing about any of this. I do encourage you go listen to our podcast. 
Um, if you are, I think, I don't think they're on Spotify, but you can always go to YouTube and fast forward past worship and so you can listen to the entirety of the message. And then I do encourage you to, to get Danny Silk's book, I, I mean, I will just say this all day long. It's super good. It's keep your love on. And he is, I don't think I expressed this before, but he actually is a social worker. He was a foster care parent. He's been doing this for like years and years and years. So everything that I'm teaching you is just like this much of like what's even in the book. So I do encourage you to get that. And then the next book that we're going to be talking about next month is loving our kids on purpose. How many of you want to love your kids better? Me always. I'm like, I want to be the best parent ever for my kid. Why? Because God gave us our kids and we're supposed to steward them well. Amen? Um, so yes. Oh yeah, there are the uh, the resources. And like I was talking about, Bethel Sozo is going to be a really good resource if you're like, I just need, I just know that I grew up with some really bad um, learning patterns for as far as connections go, then I really would encourage you to look into Bethel Sozo. Amen? So today we're going to be talking about something that's near and dear to my heart, which is marriage and family. Yay! (laughs) All the silent yays. I know, you're excited too. That's okay. Um, But before we get into that, I would like to just pray and like open this thing up even further. Amen? So Father, I just thank you so, so much for what it is that you've been speaking this morning. It's so clear that you're in the room It's so clear that your presence is with us, and we don't take that lightly. It's such a big deal that you would be here with us. It's such a big deal that your spirit lives within us. And so, God, I just ask that you would would bless this time that we have together. I thank you that every word that I have to speak is directly from you. I thank you that although it might differ for every person, but that it would meet each and every individual need. And I just thank you for your power being present here as well. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. So, hold on, water break. So, whenever Danny Silk opens up, you know, keeping, or keep your love on, he starts with talking, or actually, it's before you even get to chapter one. It's the, the dedication. The dedication is, it says, to my chosen Sherry. And I was like, <laughs> to melt on the ground. I hadn't even read the book yet, but I was like, melt. Because how many of you, like, as a, as a wife or even as a girlfriend, you're like, you choose me. I don't know. Like, to me, that's the most beautiful thing ever. And I think it's so beautiful because it really reflects God's love for us, right? He picked you. He died for you you. It's very specific. And so he opens his, he dedicates his book to his wife and he talks about how he signs all of his cards with my chosen Sherry. And I think that's like really beautiful because when you think about choice as humans, we have lots of choices constantly in front of us, almost too many choices in front of us. And just being a human, not even thinking about the fact that you have a relationship with Jesus, but we, can, we just choose things all the time. And we have maybe a calculated way for why we chose something. Even if you don't know that you have a calculated way for why you pick something, it might have a cultural influence, a personality influence, but you have a way that you choose things. And as believers, we have a little bit of a different way that we choose things, right? We have the Holy Spirit and we're led by his peace? No, nobody peace? Be be led by peace. Let's just start there. Be led by his peace, okay? So we're led and guided and directed by the peace of God. And so that plays into our relationships, right? Whenever you picked your spouse, for those that are married, or you picked your girlfriend, 
you were led by his peace. I know for me specifically, I didn't even like Andrew Pineda. (laughs) I didn't think he was cute. I was like, no, I'm okay. And before I would even, I think he's cute now, obviously. Okay, we're two kids in. I love him very much. But before, you know, I was like, just not, I was not about it. And at that point in my life, I was like, I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste God's time. I know that we have a specific number of years around the earth, and I don't want to waste time. And so I prayed, and I said, Lord, if this is even what I should be entertaining, if, if he is someone that you want me to be involved with, I need your peace. And instantly, I was flooded with peace, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Because then it means that there's vulnerability that's involved. There's, I have to open up my heart and I have to listen to his heart. And it was all very scary because you're like, ah, what if it doesn't work and all these things. However, I'm saying all that to say I had peace and I chose him. And then he chose me back. And so that is our everyday marriage life. We choose each other. Now, how many of you know that everything is not always beautiful? in marriage, right? Oh, what? Shocking, huh, Mark? (laughs) It's not, but it's in those non-beautiful moments, we have to make a decision to continue to choose each other. Whenever there are hard conversations, uh, in fact, I know some stories in here, but not everyone's marriage story, you can go through some really hard, just horrible things, right? Things that might give you even grounds to separate. And yet, yeah, we're going to be real in this church today. So there might be things that give you grounds for separation. And yet in those moments, you can choose to stick it out with your person that you believe you're in covenant with. Because in case you didn't know, marriage is a covenant bond. And when you say yes, it is a forever Yes. Now that's not to get down on anybody who's been divorced before. I mean, Andrew was married before. However, things do happen. But when you say yes, it's a forever yes. So when hard things happen, when, when you have difficult moments, you have to decide, am I going to choose this person? And I don't think it's very difficult for us to choose, to choose the Lord, right? This relationship that we have with him, we hold it near and dear to our heart. We want to choose him. But then I think sometimes we forget that this person is from the Lord for us. Like if it's been blessed by God, you're in covenant together, then you should also cherish that and continue to choose your person. And whenever we don't decide to do that, we open the door to strife and division. And that's not a healthy place for us to be in. And I want to build the foundation for this because we can't really talk about family and healthy family until we talk about healthy marriage. Because just like in the church, just for some educational purposes, everything flows from the head down. So what the pastors are walking through, the blessing that they're receiving, what God's downloading to them, they give to us. Well, it's the same thing in your household. If mom and dad are happy, if mom and dad are healthy, it's gonna flow down naturally. Kids will be healthy. Relational bonds will be healthy. And I know that, you know, even for myself, I did not come from like, you know, a two-parent household. I am in a blended family. My dad's remarried and all that. But I was blessed because I had my aunts and uncles show me the love of God so that I could relearn what it looked like to have a healthy family. 
I want to go to um, Galatians, Galatians 5. How many of you feel like whenever you're preaching, it's like all the books of the Bible go somewhere different? It's just, I'm like, it was right there before, now it's not. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, actually, let's have, oh, yes, it's in the Passion. So I'm looking at this in the Passion translation for those of you who are following along. But we're starting in verse 15. But if you continue to criticize and come against each other over minor issues, you're acting like wild beasts trying to destroy one another. Oh, I know, right? Verse 16, as you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self-life from dominating you. So then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new, the, the new creation life of the Spirit. Before we go on, I know it's like, we're talking about the fruits of the Spirit now. That's, that's what this is about. But I think like, whenever we think of scripture and like how we're supposed to behave, I think we think of it in every other aspect, except when it comes to like the most important thing, like your marriage. <laughs> like, oh, I'm supposed to live in the spirit, but he was getting on my nerves today. So we're just going to like pause and like, I'll live in the spirit in just a second. No, that's not, that's not it. Or even if you're unmarried right now, if you're in singleness, look, praise God for singleness because you can learn so much in that season. But you cannot you cannot be married and live in the flesh. Because it's saying right here, those two things are incompatible with one another. They're fighting against each other. And one thing that Andrew and I learned very early on in our relationship is that I have to approach him being moved and motivated by the Spirit of God. I have to approach him not by my flesh because it's super, super easy to approach each other in the flesh. He looked at me wrong. He didn't pick up the dishes. My goodness, like, didn't you know my love language? Like we talked about before, he knows my love language and he did not put the dishes in the dishwasher. How rude of him. But that's all flesh. Because then on the other side of that, okay, well, he has a lot going on. Like he just came home from work. There's things that are happening in his life that maybe I'm not accounting for. And so, it, but if we are constantly thinking in the flesh, we give no room for the Spirit of God to bring clarity. We give no room for the Spirit of God to help us show grace and mercy to our person. Verse 18, but when you are brought into the full freedom of the Spirit of grace, you will no longer be living under the domination of the law, but soaring above it. How many of you want to soar above the domination of the law? And we can, that's what this is saying. The cravings of the self-life are obvious, right? And so these are the, the workings of the flesh, sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behavior. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the realm of God? That's like heavy stuff, right? And obviously, like this, these are like intense, like 
very large uh, issues that I pray that we're not experiencing. But if we're even experiencing like a little bit of strife, like to God, it doesn't matter. A little bit of strife is almost the same as having issues with pornography. It's all sin. It all should not be present. And when we're, we're trying to love each other well, we have to keep in mind like the spirit of, the spirit of God brings freedom and life. And I think, you know, one thing that um, Miss Eileen, with all her wisdom, she was like, sometimes we also just don't need to talk. As wives, we can just be quiet. <laughs> That's wisdom from somebody who's been married a lot longer than me. I'm like, you know what, Miss Eileen, I, I really feel that. Sometimes we can just not say things. And on, honestly, to be very, you know, op- open, the most times that I've seen results, like the things that I want to see in my marriage, has not been from me talking to my husband. <laughs> it has been from me hearing, disagreeing, and still being quiet, and saying, okay, Lord, um, I need you to talk to your son, because like, I don't agree with that, and I know you, I don't need to tell him I don't agree with that, but I like need your help. Okay, amen. <laughs> I wish I could tell you it was like some long, drawn-out spiritual thing, but it's really not. It looks like that. And then, before you know it, Without my intervention, without me trying to manipulate or control the situation, he comes back and he's like, you know, I don't know if that was right. I'm like, really? Really? Okay. Yeah, let's, let's not do that thing then. Perfect. And do you see what that, what that looks like? You don't need to be right. Whenever you're in a marriage covenant, if you're fighting to be right with your spouse all the time, you are opposing each other. And remember we talked about in the very first week, we want to change our goal of connection. And in, uh, in Loving on Purpose, or sorry, Keep Your Love On, Danny Silk talks about this couple who comes to him because he counsels people. And uh, this couple was like, we really need help with our son. Our son is just out of control. He's like being crazy, whatever. And he said he started to look at their body language and how even they were sitting next to each other. And he said every time the wife would speak, the husband would look down or like look away. And every time the husband would speak, the wife would like kind of look down, look away. She has her arms crossed. He's just reading their body language, right? And he says, so how's your marriage going? And they're like, what? (laughs) They're like kind of caught off guard. And he's like, what would you say the goal of your marriage is right now? And he says, you know, usually people are so caught off guard by this. And they're like, we're not here about our marriage. We are here about our son. We came here to talk to you about this one thing. And normally if people do that, he respects that. He's like, okay, well, um, this is the help that I think I could give you. And we'll work on this. And he'll try to just kind of bypass really the big elephant in the room that needs to be fixed in order that he can just bring whatever help he can to them in regards to the thing that they're talking about. And so this couple was very sweet and they were like, well, um, or actually he said, do you love, do you love so-and-so? He said, ask the husband, did you love the wife? And the husband goes, yeah. Took him a long time to say yeah, but he's like, yeah. And then he asked the wife, do you love your husband? And she said the most sweet Christian answer. We just love it. By faith, I do. <laughs> and he said, by faith you do. <laughs> okay. And so then he started to kind of like work through, like, because I, I even just had to stop. I was like, by faith, what? 
<laughs> it just like made me laugh, but they were being super honest and vulnerable. And this honestly, this showed where they were at. And you know, whenever we see our children having issues or acting out or doing things that they ought not do, not being the powerful people they ought to be, we shouldn't be so quick to be like, what's wrong with you? But instead, go inward and say, okay, is there anything in our family dynamic that is unhealthy? Is there anything in our communication style to me as a wife and my husband? Is there anything we need to fix before we address this issue? Oftentimes, I think that we, we don't want to do that because it's messy sometimes, right? Or it makes us have to say that we're wrong in an area or that maybe we don't have it all figured out. Guess what? You don't have it all figured out. None of us do. That's why we need Jesus, right? That's why we need it to be filled with his spirit because we don't know it all. But if we can humble ourselves and say, God, you who does know all things, you who knows everything about my spouse and everything about my kids and everything about my life, I bring it to you so that you can give me the answer that I need. I think it's super important that we, we're, we're open to these things. So he keeps talking to this couple and he asks them, you know, do they love each other? And they're like, yeah, by faith I do. And so then he goes into the conversation of the love languages. And he was like, I think you guys have a, the goal of your relationship right now is disconnection. You're very good at the goal of disconnection. If you would like to, to change your goal and for it to be connection, then we, we can talk. I have some tools that you can utilize. So they decided that they wanted their goal to be connection, praise God. And they got the, the book that I was telling you about last week, The Five Love Languages, and they decided to turn their love on towards each other, relearn who each other is. And I, he doesn't talk about it more in the book, but I think they were better for it. And the issues with their child, it didn't like clear up right away, but I definitely think things were able to change because they changed themselves. <sighs> Carrying children is no joke, you guys. Just out of breath constantly. And then, like, I was telling Andrew, Andrew's like, I don't think I realize this, but you really do talk very fast. I was like, I didn't know until I started preaching while I'm pregnant. I'm like, I talk so fast. So I have to slow down a little bit and drink water. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So... Keeping your love on in your, in your marriage, in your relationships. It starts by doing really simple things, right? Evaluating what is, my connect, what is my goal of connection in my marriage? Is the goal disconnection? Do you want it to be disconnection? Most of the time it's no. No, I don't want to be disconnected from my spouse. And so then you have to evaluate what am I doing What am I, how can I fix this disconnection that we have? And then it can flow into children and allow the love that you have, this love that you're keeping on with your spouse to then flow to your children. And then I feel like whenever you can keep your love on towards your spouse, you can get an agreement with how your children should even be raised, right? Because if you are, if if you two are one together, and I wanna point out again, 
You're one together and your love on is toward your spouse because you are right with God. Because you have taken time to tend to your first love so you're able to love your person well and be grateful for them. So then out of that, you're loving your kids really well. You're maybe relearning what it means to to parent them from a godly perspective. Um, One thing that Andrew and I talked about kind of in, in, in length, we were like, how we asked, I asked him, like, how were you raised? Like, what did your parents, like, did they spank? Did they not spank? Was there time out ever? And he was like, no, like, kind of, but not really. But Andrew was like the sweetest kid ever, okay? Nobody needed to spank him, okay? He was just an angel child, which is great for my, our children's sake, you know, because Adia is literally the same way. She is her dad, like, just sweet, sweet, sweet. And all you have to say is, like, hey, can you chill? And she's like, yes, <laughs> you know? Me, on the other hand, was a little different. So <laughs> they were like, oh, we, we finna beat your tail if you don't stop acting like that, okay? Came from a black family. We love that. We love all that. But I did get whooped from time to time. But it was always like, because my family was like spirit-filled and they love Jesus, right? And so it was, I remember this one time, my Aunt Steph was like about to spank me. And she said, now Carrie. I do love you, and but the reason that this is happening is because you disobeyed. <laughs> I was like, okay, I understand you don't have to spank me. You really don't. But she did anyway. But it was like the kindest like spanking situation ever because there, she was so loving. Like, I love you so much. You are finna get whooped, but I love you, and you don't need to disobey. <laughs> and, you know, honestly, some of that works. For some kids, they need that. And the Bible talks about that, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child, all these things, right? But when, when him and I discussed, like, how we would raise our kids, how are we going to do that? We really were trying to decide, are we even going to do that? And I don't think it's bad to ask the Lord questions about these things, okay? I don't think that if you were raised a certain way, I don't think it's wrong for you to even go before the Lord and with your spouse to say, is this what we're going to do? Are our kids going to be that way? What are we going to need for them? There's so much out in the world about parenting. It is ridiculous. There's like this method of gentle parenting. And I don't know if I can get down with all that because it sounds real flaky. But if you're gentle parenting, I I bless you. I love that. That's good for you. But you have to figure out what works for your, what works for your parenting style. Because then what, what can happen, like we talked about getting healthy, if we're unhealthy and we're, getting, we're in marriage, and maybe your husband has some unhealthy parenting styles, then you're just going to get together and then utilize unhealthy parenting on your kids. And what I mean by that, and we're going to talk about this more next month, so I won't touch on it too much, but he talks about having this fear-based parenting rather than it being grace-based. So fear-based is you will obey or there are going to be consequences. Well, yeah, your kid's gonna obey because they're scared, right? And not like sovereign fear of God, but like genuinely fearful. But then what does that turn into? It can turn into people-pleasing children who will just do what you say for fear of their life, truly. And we don't want, okay, is being a people-pleaser a good thing? Yes or no? No. We don't want to be people pleasers. We want to be God pleasers, right? So you have to figure out with you and your spouse, what's the best way? How, how is God forming this child? How does their mind work? What is their, what is their love language? And I think like having love languages for kids is just a little too difficult because they're, when they're so young, they like want a hug 
when they're like three, but then they're like, get away from me. I want to be independent when they're like five. So you just have to kind of work with, again, constantly checking in with the Holy Spirit. What do I need to do right now in this stage? And honestly, when it comes right down to it, we need to be motivated and moved by the Spirit of God when it comes to all these areas of our lives for there to be health in our families. And I love that because, you know, this is the year of doing what pleases God, right? And so we're going to continue to work on being healthy in our relationships and with our, with our kids so that we can be pleasing to the Father because that's truly what it's all about. Everything that we do, we want it to be a billboard for the goodness of the Lord. When people look at my family and my life, I want them to be able to say, man, they love the Lord. I can just tell. Even how they love their kids, they love the Lord. Even how they discipline their children, man, they discipline them, but like there was such grace. There was so much mercy. God was so in it. Now, I'm, I'm, I know that sometimes like, you know, if your child is losing their mind and you're in like Walmart or something, obviously it's like, okay, you're having big emotions and I see that, but like we gotta go. You know, sometimes you just pick your kid up and you're like, we're not doing this right now. I love you so much, but you made this choice. So there's this consequence and you just kind of go on. I think that's like, this is like a side note. That's my like biggest issue with gentle parenting. If you don't know what that is, just like Google it just for fun one day. It's like these parents who don't want to spank their kids because they were traumatized by spanking and all that other stuff. And so they say, you know, they talk out things with their children. Like they do lots of talking. And while I can understand that to a degree, (laughs) if you have a strong-willed child and they know like they're going to be defiant on purpose, I don't know that gentle parenting is it. I don't know that gentle parenting is 100% biblical, okay? Obviously, you shouldn't be spanking your kids with a vendetta of pain because that's another problem altogether, right? We shouldn't be spanking our kids because we know it's gonna hurt them. No, the motivation for spanking your children should be, I want you to know, I want you to remember this time of unpleasantness so that we can learn that this is not what we need to do moving forward. But the, but the, the goal shouldn't be pain. So, but that, that's what happened. Somebody along the lines had some really painful and honestly abusive situations where their parents spanked them. So then all these, I hate to say it because I'm a millennial too. So then all these millennials got together and said, we're going to gentle parent. And when you get right down to it, it's not 100% kingdom. It's just not. And we want to we raise our families. We want to have our marriages that are built on the kingdom. And I, I really believe that if we can catch hold of this as a, as a body, and we can really do well and be super healthy in our, our marriages and super healthy in our families, then I want all of Beaumont to, to be like this, to have a good idea of what healthy looks like in our families. It's a kingdom-based system. And then I really think that could change all of Southeast Texas. And that's the goal, right? Where I'm not just, I, I want you to know, I didn't just want to teach this just because it was a great idea. No, it was God's idea because I believe he, he has family at the forefront of his mind always. That was the whole reason we're here, right? He wanted family, but he didn't want dysfunctional family. He wanted a healthy family, amen? Turn with me to... Um, let me think, let me think, let me think. Let's go to First John. And I'm going to be, oh, actually, I'm going to be in the message, Demi. 
It's not any of the translations I told you, but it's going to be fine. So if you might, if you're looking at your phone, it's 1 John 3, verse 1. And then from the message translation, it says, What marvelous love the Father has extended, has extended to us. Just look at it. We're called children of God. That's who we really are. But that's also why the world doesn't recognize us or take us seriously, because he has no idea who he is or what he's up to. And verse 2 says, But friends, that's exactly who we are, children of God. And I, I really believe that the main thing with all of this is that we can talk about loving well all day long. We can talk about having healthy family all day long. But until we have an understanding, I mean a revelation of how loved we are by God, all of this will be a moot point. And I really, really want all of us to have such an understanding of how deeply we're loved that it changes how we do any and everything. So as we're, as he's, as Colin's getting ready to start playing, I want us to stand, um, and it seems almost unrelated, but as I was like praying this morning and kind of asking the Lord about, you know, what he wanted the end of this service to look like, I really felt like he was saying he wanted to just pour his spirit out on us. And I really sensed that he would like to just bring a refreshing and I know that this is, um, I, I wasn't sure how that correlated. I was like, Lord, I'm, I mean, I'm going to obey. But I think to seal everything that it is we've learned about loving well, and when it comes to marriage, and when it comes to family, and when it comes to our relationships, and having boundaries, and all these beautiful things, I really do think that it would just benefit us to be refreshed by his spirit. I think it would really benefit us to even just bring some, for him to bring holy encouragement to you where this is concerned. Because I don't know about you, when I first read through this book, I was like, this is a lot of information. But it's a heart posture. It's a heart thing. And I don't think that whenever we, it comes to almost like uh, dynamic shifting thought processes, I think that there's so much of God's grace and his mercy for us to lay hold of it and for it to really change us from the inside out. But I think it has to first come, like I was expressing before, from how deeply we're loved by him. So as I just want you guys to close your eyes. We just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus. God, thank you for, for this knowledge that we have to, to love each other better. I just I thank you right now, Father, that the culture of this house is even shifting so that we're able to love each other well so that we're able to love each other how you love us. We just thank you, Jesus, that we also make space for, for our neighbors to get it wrong. We make space for that because there's grace and there's mercy. I just thank you, Lord, that for anyone who's struggling with, with being able to walk this out, I thank you, Lord, that you would just encourage them that with, with you, they can do it. And even if we make a misstep, Father, you're right there helping us. And Lord, I just thank you for your spirit being in this place. I thank you for the refreshing, for your refreshing. We 
just thank you, Jesus. If I'm being super, super honest, I had like the craziest, I've had the craziest like three weeks of like my personal life ever. And I didn't think it was a coincidence because it really challenged what I'm teaching you. I had a lot of opportunity to walk out of love. I had a lot of opportunity to live from my situation rather than living from the power that I know lives within me. And I didn't get it perfect every time. But what I would do is I would go back and say, you know what, Lord, I know that this is bothering me for another reason. So can you just reveal that to me? And I was able to have, you know, conversations and say, hey, you know what, I apologize. This is what's really going on within me. And I just want you to know that X, Y, and Z. Andrew and I had a conversation and I was like, I'm going to be powerful. Because you know what, it doesn't matter what you're living through right now. We still have to choose to be powerful. It doesn't matter if you're having, if life is perfect for you and you're living in your ideal situation. Yeah, it's super easy to keep your love on then. But what about during hardship? What about during just really difficult moments? We still have to choose to keep our love on even then. And his grace empowers us to do so. Amen. I really feel like last night when I was at this service, you know, God did heal me. But before that, I just was discouraged, feeling super discouraged. And I just really felt the spirit of the Lord invite me to allow his strength to be my strength. Philippians 4.13 says that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, right? And I just felt so empowered in that moment to say, I'm not gonna bow to circumstances. I will not bow to, to strife. I'm not gonna bow to all of these things that are trying to come at me, trying to get me to change my mind, trying to get me to question what I've heard from him. I will not bow to that. I refuse. And so I just really think that that's what the Lord wants for you. I think that's an open invitation for us all. Are we going to bow to circumstances? Are we going to bow our knee when the enemy tries to come with demonic discouragement? Because that's what it is. It really is demonic in nature. Are we going to say, nope, Nope, I'm choosing to keep my love on. I'm going to choose to be powerful. I thank you, Lord, that your strength is within me and I'm not going to fail because you're in me. Are we going to choose to say, I can do all things, truly all things through Christ who gives me strength. That breakthrough that Pastor Andrew was talking about earlier, that's what's available when we can say, I'm not going to bow to that. Things are going crazy in my home life. I'm not going to bow to that. Things are going crazy in my job. I'm not going to bow to that. Even in my marriage right now, we're not seeing each other from the same light that we did. I won't bow to that. I'm going to decide to stay powerful. I'm going to decide to keep my love on towards him. I'm going to decide to keep my love on towards the people around me. Why? Because the greater one lives on the inside of you so you can do it. The greater one lives on the inside of me so I can do it. I just want to invite our prayer partners to come at this time because it's nice. You know, sometimes we can do it on our own. We can, we can stand on our own, but sometimes you need somebody to pray with you, to encourage you, to help you see, no, 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 we're not going to allow discouragement. Discouragement has to go. So I just want to open up the altars for anyone who feels like they need just a little bit of extra encouragement. 
who needs a touch from heaven because that's available today. And I feel like sometimes, I just want to even express this. Sometimes I feel like people are like, I go to the altar every time. I always need prayer. Look, if you always need prayer, you should always get prayer, right? Because God's always going to meet you. And maybe it's not always going to be like that. Maybe this is a season where you're like, I constantly need some encouragement. That's okay. I think if we struggle by ourselves and then get it wrong and keep struggling by ourselves, that's a bigger issue, right? Humility says I need help, so I'm going to get help. So we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. I just speak against any, any discouragement in the room right now, Father. And I thank you for your strength being present with us. I thank you, Lord, that you're encouraging your children this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Because all I want is to live within your love. Be undone by who you are. My desire is to know you deeper. And Lord, I will open up again. Throw my fears into the wind. I am desperate for a touch of heaven. Oh, oh. The altars are open for you. You don't need to wait on me. Feel free to address that, whatever that need might be. We're just going to take time to just worship. Amen.